Last week, we learned about the victims and discovery of their bodies. Today, we meet the serial killer. In part two of our series, we'll discuss the life of Ivan Millette. We'll learn about his large, troubled family, some of his early crimes, and how he came to be the police's number one suspect. We'll also discuss the raid on his and several other homes, his trial, and the eventual outcome. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought our Australian pronunciations were bad last week, stick around. Since we determined the country doesn't even exist, who cares what the penal colony leftovers have to say? This is Necronomapod. In a desperate attempt to extract the truth. If there's things that you would like to speak to us about, we'd be happy to listen. But his silence was as cruel as it was deafening. Police tried another strategy. Why did it happen to those two lovely girls and the others? Playing him interviews recorded by a current affair of some of the family of his victims. You can't fathom what it does to someone. Police appealing to his conscience. You've got loved ones, held helpless and frustrated uh, and absolutely destroyed would you be. But that was met with denials of any wrongdoing. Ian, you just had a uh, your second AMA on Reddit this past week. Yeah. How'd that go? It's pretty fun. Yeah? I enjoyed it. Did you get a lot of participants? A lot of yeah. Redditors? I got... Good questions? I got some good questions. Yeah? Yeah. I got one from this account. Uh, user abducted alien fuckboy had some good questions for me. I think it was alien abducted fuckboy. Oh, I saw okay. it last night, I, I think. Yeah. I know. I'm sitting there. The first the first question got by me, the hand job one with Kanye. And then the second one about... Out of context, people are like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on in these Reddits? <laughs> then the second one about... My wife banged Mike in college. Now I can like, it's like throwing a hot dog down a hallway. I'm like, all right. So I text, I text Dave with a screenshot. I'm like, is this you? I, I mean, someone, they have good comments. I, I don't know who it could be, but uh, hats off to you, whoever you are. I like to at least think that question about the hot dog in a hallway, it was like based on true events. <laughs> Might have been a fictional question, but you know, it's like those, those horror movies. It's still based mm, on actual mm. events. Understood. There's probably many a husband that have suffered that fate. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> Muscoozy. <laughs> but it was good. Good time. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. I You've done the, a couple of them now. So I think we got the Reddit, the subreddit to get up another hundred people or so. I think part of the problem is the the Facebook group, the Necronomapals keeps getting flagged for mm. inappropriate things. Oh, it's a bunch of heathens, obviously. <laughs> Goddamn, pallies. So they're trying to move migrate people to reddit where there is it's a lawless community <laughs> yeah so no one's getting in trouble okay hmm. so if you're in the necronama pal it's Nam nama pals is that that's the one that's right yeah get, get, you can keep that account but get on over on the reddit too how do they find that I'm, i am i know nothing about reddit uh reddit.com r slash well slash r slash necronomapod if they just search like reddit necronomapod too yeah come up. Yep. so there you go I guess we should start mentioning that then at the end when I plug all the socials. Yeah, it was fun. Reddit, yeah. Necronomapod, whatever, your little reddit.com slash r slash Necronomapod. Yeah. Might even run into alien abducted fuckboy while you're on there <laughs> perusing little, the comment section. Have a little chit chat. 
Yeah. Next time it's your guys' turn for an AMA, one of you guys. Tried Reddit one time, have no idea how that shit works. I'm going to do an AMN, ask me nothing. <laughs> it's going to be over before it starts. But listen, as I pontificate various answers on topics I want to discuss, and you just write these long, drawn out speeches on whatever you want to discuss that day. Your response starts like starts with like, who gives a fuck? But let me tell you about this instead. <laughs> let me tell you why Australia isn't real. And... Uh, <laughs> The few people that might be living in that area are just leftovers from the penal colony. I, I've heard that somewhere before. Yeah, and then you can just pontificate. <laughs> Ian got us uh, some rough comments on his Australian pronunciations from last week. Yeah. Was it the capital of Canberra? Well, how was it pronounced? What did you guys say? Canberra. We, did, we said nothing, Pally. I looked it I up. I believe it's Canberra. 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 Of no, all the words we've butchered on this show, that one, not so awful. That was fairly close. I mean, I said it how it's spelled, right? Yeah, it seems like they just uh, kind of remove the E. So AMA went well. Yeah, you know what? There was a comment. Some came in later, like people weren't able to get on while I was on there. Uh, there was someone who's a pilot. I don't know if um, it sounded like commercial pilot, but I don't know. They said that they uh, they mass download our episodes and wait. And then when they're flying, like as a pilot, they're going across. Oh, country, they just listen to us while they're flying up there damn pretty cool hold her steady captain hold her steady <laughs> strong crosswinds today i'm gonna listen to our our ass clown statements while they're actually <laughs> doing something good with their lives and trying to keep people safe <laughs> that's good though good for them yeah that's pretty cool much appreciative well let's get back into it australia's uh, big claim to fame here with the uh, serial killer world yeah so where we left off on part one, police were at a loss for leads, pretty much. They had spoken to someone named Alex Millette, who had some pretty suspect answers, if we remember. He was real specific about some stuff, uh, but that was about it. Then a guy named Paul Onions saw a news report about a serial killer in Australia, and the details sounded really familiar to him, like, pretty close to something that happened to him in the same area enough for him to contact police so he kept his eyes peeled and made the call to the police <laughs> <laughs> a few years before police announced that there was a serial killer close to the sydney area paul had been staying in a cheap hostel in sydney and was planning to go hiking in the blanglo forest he was pretty low on money, so on January 25th, 1990, he decided to resort to hitchhiking along the Hume Highway headed towards the Blinglow Forest. I believe it's pronounced bunghole, Ian. I looked it up and Googled it. <laughs> so we could say bunghole going forward. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> I think he's buying it. He's going to do it. Eventually, a man with like a Hulk Hogan-style mustache who was pretty muscular, stopped and offered Paul a ride. Paul got in, and the man introduced himself as Bill. As they were driving, Bill started asking Paul a bunch of questions, like where he's from, when's he go back where he's from, who knows you're here, what do you do for work? Like The one that would throw me off is like, who knows you're here? Pretty creepy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little weird. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother, Melatomania running wild. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> And to be clear, it is a Fu Manchu is the mustache style. Is that what that's called? I didn't know if a Fu Manchu had to be long or not. 
I don't believe it does. I okay. believe it just just the uh, all the way down the chin, hmm. like a goatee minus the chin, yeah, yeah. The chin part. I uh, years ago, my wife dared me. She, I was shaving and I shaved one of those, and she said that she dared me. I wouldn't go to work and all day in that. <laughs> Bet your ass I will. <laughs> Fu Man, you lose. Are, Fu Man shoes are badass mustaches. They if look you very can, not appealing. You can at all. grow a good thick one. Hell yeah. <laughs> I once back in college did the handlebars. So it's it's the beard minus the chin. Like yeah. Triple H used to have. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oof. It's great. Yeah. It's great. Brutal. The end. <laughs> <laughs> so as their drive continued, this this guy who said his name was Bill started getting really angry for no reason. Started swearing and yelling and going on these really crazy racist rants. And then it Hogan got, or Bill? <laughs> Bill. Oh. <laughs> Probably I, I, Hulk Hogan as well. No difference. No difference. <laughs> no difference. <laughs> then he eventually got quiet and just stopped talking altogether. So Paul's kind of like freaking out at this point a little bit. He's like, the fuck is going on with this guy? Do you know when, um, again, to, to sidetrack this about wrestling, because of course that's what I do. And that's yeah. why I'm so popular on this show. Um, it was a joke. Uh <laughs> We, I had one time mentioned that, you know, why I don't like the Ultimate Warrior and because of shit that I was like, hey, if anyone wants to know, DM us, we'll let them know. Yeah. So people probably have no idea what we meant by the Hulk Hogan thing. Unless, have we talked about it on the show, actually? Got me. I don't know. Either way, he made a sex tape one time when he was, was that when he was banging Bubba the Love Sponge's wife? That's right. Yeah. So he was cucking Bubba the Love Sponge, although Bubba <laughs> knew and was like into it like a true cuck. Yeah, right. And yeah. they were recording it. But then like as he's banging Bubba's wife, he's casually talking about his family, like his son and his daughter and mentions how Brooke was. I think she was dating and she might even be married to. I don't know. She was seeing a. um a Dallas Cowboy player, I think. And he just went on this racist rant about how he doesn't like it and it's not mm. okay and this and that. And uh, uh, Ian redact this part, brother. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't great. <laughs> yeah. So and that, that's that a dick. Derailed, well, it derailed his career for a few years. He's already now back with WWE after yeah. they, they fired him and now he's back. He's made amends allegedly. But I think there's a few um, uh, black wrestlers that are still like yeah we're not going to be in the same room with him we're not going to do anything with him i think the new day had a big issue with that they they refused yeah Yeah. and i think they still he's hosting wrestlemania uh this weekend as this episode drops part night one was last night night two is tonight he's hosting co-hosting with titus o'neill who is uh you know a black wrestler so i think that's how that wwe was like well we'll balance it yeah no, you can't get mad at us. Titus O'Neil agreed to do it with him, so <laughs> clearly everything's better. What do you mean it's tonight? It's not live? What do you mean? Didn't you just say the it was day tonight? this show drops? Oh. Sunday. I gotcha. Yeah. K Fabe, Dave. Sorry about that. <laughs> we drop these shows live every week. <laughs> like we said, Paul was getting getting pretty creeped out with this stuff. And he was really feeling like getting in this car was a bad idea. But he noticed that Bill was starting to drive erratically, like going really fast and slowing down and looking out his rearview mirror like he was nervous that someone was following them or something. Then randomly, Bill pulled over and said he was going to get some tapes out of the trunk so they could listen to music. Probably Men at Work or ACDC, right? It's got to be one of the two, right? right? So Paul's sitting there and he looks down at the console between the, the two front seats and he just sees a bunch of tapes sitting there. 
So he's like, well, this guy's obviously not going to get tapes. <laughs> so Paul got out of the car too. Bill got really angry, yelled at Paul and told him to get back in the car. And but Paul was really scared. So he listened. Oh, fuck that, Paul. Yeah. Wrong move. (laughs) Once they got back in the car, Bill pulled out a gun from under his seat and told Paul he was robbing him. Paul tried to reason with Bill, but Bill told him to shut up and started pulling out some rope. Then Paul just jumped out of the car again, made the right decision, got out of the car and just took off running as Bill was yelling for him to stop or he was going to shoot him. Lucky, right? Yeah. Damn. Almost got him. Or Bill, whoever Bill turns out to be. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure well, yet. I don't, I don't know who this Bill guy is. It's a curveball. I'm not sure how story. Bill fits into this story. Yeah. It's either Bill or Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Sit still, brother. I'm tying you up. You know something mean, Gene. <laughs> so Paul ran into oncoming traffic, waving for help. And no one was really, you know, a couple cars passed him, didn't stop. And Bill tackled him to the ground and started wrestling with him. Paul was able to get away and stumbled in front of a van that was driven by a woman named Joanne Barry. So Joanne slammed on her brakes and Paul just opened the sliding door on the side of the van and jumped inside and started yelling, he's got a gun. And this Joanne woman was driving with her, her sister and her four children. So she freaked out and just took off to just started driving away. And they said, and then Bill just turned around like they, she was looking through a rear view mirror and he just turned around and started walking real calmly back to his car. Like nothing happened. Mm. Do you have the name of Joanne's sister in here? I, I, it was Dingle. If you guys are wondering, I read it. <laughs> oh my God. So stupid. I like that I'm back in studio now so I can see when he looks down at his paper for something. <laughs> I didn't write that. I just made that up off the top of my head. I don't have that written down. Fuck you, Ian. (laughs) I love all these stories. They all have that one close call, you know? Yeah. That one person who did the right thing or got lucky because of whatever circumstance or happenstance and gets away. Like that, like the the girl in that exhaustive Ted Bundy story we did last week, available on Patreon. Oh, yeah. Our 19 minute (laughs) Ted Bundy episode. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I thought it was the best episode we've ever done. It's pretty good. (laughs) Get in, get out, get to sleep, just like me in college. (laughs) I'm an advocate of all shows, 20 minutes or less. Let's just go. Let's cut to the chase here. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. So Joanne took Paul to the police so he could file a report. Because her her first, according to her, her first, you know, her initial response was get this guy the fuck out of my car yeah, like i don't know what's happening and then as they were driving she could she noticed that something was really off like he was really really scared so she took him to the police station back in november of 1993 police now had three calls that they were taking very seriously a woman who said her boyfriend worked with a guy named ivan Millette who drove a four-wheel drive truck was really weird and lived near the forest joanne barry called and told the police about her story when Paul jumped in her car near the forest. And now Paul Onions called and told police the same story that Joanne had told. Even though Ivan Malat's name had popped up and police wanted to pursue him further, they had a total, they had about 2,000 people that they were interested in speaking with. 
on November 17th, 1993, the the search of the forest was complete and they didn't find any more bodies. So he was a pretty high on their list, but it's just that it takes a while to work through them with 2000 people, right? You that know, should put you to the top of the list. Yeah. Or at least one of the ones. I'm sure they had a few names that came up for different things mm-hmm. with 2,000 people. But but he should have been fairly close to the top. I, I would imagine, imagine so. Yeah. To handle the amount of information, the police created a task force to log every credible lead, which was basically just a ton of data entry into a computer system that wasn't great you know, back in the 90s. That's probably Commodore 64. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like this when you log in. <laughs> does your guys internet not do that (laughs) (laughs) it's like when i'd be on uh, like aol instant messenger back in the day oh yeah and my mom would just like pick up the phone and start butt mashing it to get me (laughs) off the internet like what why are you doing this to me i'm trying to man leave me alone Back when no one had the second phone line yet, it was all just that. Oh, jeez. Like, I'm trying to put passive-aggressive away messages on my AOL Instant <laughs> Messenger for girls. Quit fucking uh, kicking da- me some off. Some dashboard lyrics put up <laughs> yeah. in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So as they were, pu- you know, they had these three calls, uh, but as they were putting the data into the system, those calls stood out again, and... Again, the name Ivan Malat popped up. Paul and Joanne's separate calls about what happened back in 1990 with the attempted kidnapping. Because as soon as they saw that when entering the data, they're like, okay, this is the exact same story from two different people. Yeah, One is a Australian native, Joanne, and Paul Onions is from uh, somewhere in the UK. So they don't have no connection with each other. Mm-hmm. Police started digging into Ivan Malat's background so Ivan was born on December 27, 1944, to a Croatian immigrant named Stepan Marko Malat and an Australian, Margaret Piddleston, who she married him when she was 16 years old. How old was he? Uh, like more than double her age. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Malat was the fifth of their 14 children, and they had 10 boys. God damn it. My God, can you imagine? No. 14 children. Yeah. That's a lot of kids. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Must have been Catholic, right? <laughs> Either that or they had that blue chew going. <laughs> I lied. I'm still on the blue chew train. I'm just waiting. <laughs> you know what I was thinking about? So I don't know what age she was when she started having kids, but to have 14 kids, I feel like that's like a good chunk of your life. You just spent pregnant. Even if, if, you, yeah. so if you started at <laughs> like, 16... You know, you're popping them out. So you're 30 something, 30, 31. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, at least, you know, maybe every year, 18 months, maybe two years between a couple of them. It's brutal. <sighs> Not great. You just spent, you know, a good chunk of your life just being pregnant. And hey, if that's what you want, that's what you want. But mm-hmm. yeah, come on. Holy cow. It's too much, Mike. It's too much. It's too much for me. I, I don't think I'd want 14 kids. kids. Uh, no. And 10 boys. It's a lot. The aggressiveness in that house. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Look where we're at. (laughs) As far as abuse went, it wasn't, it's nothing like any other serial killers we talked about. From what I read, it was just kind of your standard for the time. Mm -hmm. 
getting your ass smacked if you did something. Like it wasn't crazy abusive. Yeah. Yeah. All 10 of the Mullet boys were well known to local police, like straight up heathens that were always breaking the law, not just fucking around, breaking some windows and stuff. They were stealing cars, doing all kind of shit. By 17, Ivan was in a a juvenile detention for theft. And at 19, he was involved in a break-in to a retail store. In 1964, he was sentenced to 18 months for a breaking and entering. And a month after his release, he was arrested for driving a stolen car and sentenced to two years hard labor. Then in September of 1967, at 22, he was sentenced to three years for theft. I like how they give hard labor over oh, there. What is that? Like breaking up rocks on a chain <laughs> yeah. gang kind of thing? That's what I think. Oh, awful. Straight up crime family, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I guess when you're from the penal colony, like everyone's <laughs> from a crime family somewhere, right? <laughs> if you trace far back enough. It all traces back. <laughs> when they were going through Ivan's record, there was something that really stood out to police. In 1971... Ivan Millette picked up two women who were hitchhiking from Liverpool to Melbourne, and he raped one of them. Both of these women testified that Millette had a large knife with rope to tie them up. Millette was acquitted of this crime based on his lawyer saying that the two women were lesbians and in a relationship with each other, so it didn't make sense for Millette to rape one of them. I don't even remotely understand how a judge went for this, but Millette was acquitted based on that. I'm not sure I understand what that means at all. Uh-uh. <laughs> but okay. Australia. Yeah. So. Just try to wrap your head around that. Now that's, that's a, uh, that's crazy. That's a bad one. It doesn't like, I, I was trying to think about it more like today when I was reading it, I'm like, so what, you, you can't, rape someone based on their sexual preferences uh-huh. like it's not possible to do that according to in this that judge, judge yeah and the judge according to this judge <laughs> but good, yeah good day mate makes sense to me <laughs> <laughs> i mean in all fairness america's not known as having the greatest common sense of all time well, either of course so uh, no. take no. a little heat for that one yeah there was remember that guy that swimmer a couple years ago that got a slap on the wrist Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The one, the the college dude that raped those mm-hmm. girls, a girl or multiple. I think one girl, but I think he had a history of doing fucked up mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, I can't remember his name, but I know who you're talking. That about. judge just gave him a slap on the wrist. Like, yep. oh, yeah, I want to ruin his life. He right? said, "Yeah, that's what he said." Didn't yeah, the judge said, so, yeah, yeah. "Don't want to ruin his life." Yeah, you know. Yeah, forget the girl. Yeah, she her name was out. She went under an alias. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she ever came out with her name. No, I don't remember it. Anyways, yeah, but yeah, we're not great either in that department. Nope. Police requested a phone tap of Ivan Lott's house, but the laws over in Australia are a lot stricter for that kind of stuff. So they had to build a pretty significant case to monitor his phone line. Police began building a case based on statements from people who knew Malat and set up a surveillance to watch him you know, get, get a feel for his day to day. They also brought back Dr. Rod Milton, who we talked about in part one, who did the profile as well as a guy named Dr. Richard Basham to look at evidence as it was collected and any previous leads regarding Ivan Millet. The doctors looked at all the information and one thing stood out to them. And it was the statement from Ivan's brother, Alex, 
this led Dr. Milton back to his original theory that there could be two killers involved and there was a good chance that they could be brothers. So police started to focus not just on Ivan, but his brothers as well. Seems like a good course of action at this point, I guess. Yeah. And if you remember that, like that, that first crime, the one woman was killed pretty quickly, you know, seemed like execution style killed. Mm -hmm. And the other one was just brutally killed. It doesn't seem like the same person would have done. Yeah done it like that yeah, yeah. Well, and there's what 174 of these Milat brothers <laughs> yeah. so that's true odds are likely there's more than one involved into 1994 police were still gathering evidence they found three of the Milat brothers together owned a small property about 25 miles away from the forest they found that ivan Milat had previously owned a silver four-wheel drive truck that was sold right after the bodies of the first two victims were found the new owner hadn't really cleaned out the truck at all, and police found a 22 caliber bullet underneath the front seat that matched up with a box of 22 bullets they found at one of the crime scenes. Imagine selling your car to someone and just leaving bullets under the seat. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Whoever this is, it's very sloppy, I must say. Well, yeah, you're fucking chasing a guy down a highway as he's jumping in front of cars. <sighs> yeah. He wasn't obviously doing a good job of... Uh, <laughs> Uh, disguising himself. Mm. Although you can never trust anything from the onion, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) At this point, besides taking the initial call from Paul onions and adding it to the case file and a couple people coming across it, no one had really followed up with him to get an official statement. So when the head of the task force found out about this, he was really fucking pissed off and got a hold of Paul for a statement. Paul confirmed that the silver truck that was owned by Ivan Millette was the same one that he got in back in 1990 when that whole incident took place on the side of the road with a guy named Bill. They also had Paul look at a lineup of 13 people and he positively identified Ivan Millette. Not looking good. Things are stacking up here. It would appear so, Dave. Mm. (laughs) Seems to be leading in a certain direction. (laughs) Starting to think this Bill guy (laughs) might not have existed. Might not have actually been named Bill. (laughs) Brother. (laughs) With this, police were able to get a search warrant as well as an arrest warrant for Ivan Millette to bring him in for questioning. They also got warrants to search the homes of Ivan's mother and his brothers, Alex, Richard and Bill. On May 22nd, 1994, police organized a raid of Ivan Millett's home to arrest him, but they were really cautious on approaching. Multiple people during the interviews told them that Ivan had a very large collection of guns, like kind of pushing a stockpile of guns. If this was the United States, we'd just send in the military, right? <laughs> like Waco style? Hey. <laughs> well, I was going to say, these guys probably just saw Waco, was it, two years beforehand? They're like, yeah, we don't want to do that over here. <laughs> no, we don't want any, any parts of that. <laughs> Once in place, police called the house and a male answered the phone, telling them that Ivan wasn't home. They told this this guy on the phone that they had a search warrant and the person just hung up the phone. The second time they called, they asked, why, why didn't you come out? And they figured out that this was Ivan. And he said that he thought it was a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Quit fucking around, mate. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a little while later, Ivan came out with his girlfriend, Chowder Hughes, and they were both taken into custody. 
Ivan was told his rights, and he was also told that he was going to be questioned in relation to the seven bodies that had been found in the Blanglo Forest. In response, Ivan Lott said, I don't know what you're talking about. And with that, police began to search Ivan's home, as well as the homes of his mom and his three brothers. They did this all at the same time, basically, so no one would get tipped off and try to hide or destroy evidence. Well, that's smart. Oh, yeah. Dealing with a crime family, you got to take measures. Get them all at once. Get them all at once. When he told him his rights was one of his rights um, to get a Foster's in his prison cell (laughs) once a day. Just curious. It should be, right? (laughs) You're entitled to one Foster's a day. Yeah. It comes like with your lunch tray. Right. That's what I'm thinking. (laughs) You think it's one of those big barrel cans? Is that how they do it? I hope so. Yeah. That's the one that's like the really weird ounce, right? Like it's some off number of ounces. It's like something 0.5, I think. 30. Is it 30 something, right? Is that what it is? 30 something ounces. Something weird. Yeah. They love it over there. I can't. It's not not so good. They can't stop talking about it. I don't know why they love it so much. It's not that great. It's literally their word for beer, right? (laughs) I've heard that somewhere. Okay, well, you do you, people. We'll be right back. The first item they found in Ivan's house was a postcard. He was asked who it was from, and he said it was a friend of his in New Zealand. It began with the words, hi, Bill. Ivan was asked if he was also known as Bill, and he said, no, it must have been a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) This Bill thing is interesting. (laughs) When a bullet was found in one of the bedrooms, police asked Ivan if he owned any guns, to which he said that he didn't. When asked about the bullet, he said it was left from when he went shooting with his brother. In the second bedroom, two sleeping bags were found in a wardrobe, which were later identified as belonging to Simone Schmidl and Deborah Everest. If we remember, those are two of the victims that were found from last week. Seems pretty conclusive now <laughs> yeah. to me. I, I don't know. Starting to think there might be a case here. <laughs> In one of the other bedrooms, a bag was found containing several personal items, which ended up being the bag that Ivan took to work. In this bag was a Bowie-style 12-inch knife, and in the same bedroom was an owner's manual for a Ruger 22 caliber rifle, which was used in most of the crimes from last week. And when this was presented to Ivan, he refused to answer anything about the manual being found. There was a photo album that contained a photograph of Ivan on a Harley Davidson motorcycle with a holster. And in that holster was a gun that looked a lot like a Colt 45 handgun. And it's the same type of gun that Paul Onions described. A box of 45 ammunition was later found in Ivan's bedroom. There was one other framed photograph that showed his girlfriend Challenger wearing a striped shirt. And that striped shirt was identical to a shirt that Carolyn Clark owned who was a victim from oh, last week. Oh, gross. Yeah, that's really odd. Yeah, really odd. Pretty fucked up. Unless she didn't know, and he oh. gave it to her as a gift. Like, uh, what's it? Um, Gary Ridgway would do that. He would give his wife jewelry and stuff oh, from I his victim. Yeah. yeah. He'd give it to her as presents. Like, oh, yeah, I bought you this. <laughs> All right, I could see the jewelry, but a shirt like that? Even still. All of it. Man, it's dark. On a rack of shelving in the garage, police found a nylon sleeping bag cover with a tent inside. Wrapped around the tent was a purple headband identical to the one found on Simone Schmidl's skull. Also in the bag was a homemade silencer. 
when they brought because they had Ivan a lot at the house for all this stuff and they were just shot like walking him around to each place they found stuff and they're like so yeah. so what's this all about they <laughs> <laughs> just like i've never seen that before <laughs> yeah. uh, i don't know what that is whose house is this <laughs> i'm bill yeah. why, why do you keep calling me ivan <laughs> do you think like uh in australia like bill is just the nickname for ivan that's what I'm going to start telling myself. I think I like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, Could you be. William to Bill. It's just Ivan. Oh, no, it's just Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make that a thing. So they took him inside the garage and they asked him about that bag. And he said that he had never seen it before. What? <laughs> what what <laughs> is my this? <laughs> Who left this here? <laughs> the ceiling of the garage had a door which went into an attic. Nothing was found until they removed the insulation and inside one of the walls was a plastic bag that contained gun parts for a Ruger 22 rifle. This guy literally kept every piece of imaginable <laughs> evidence. Yeah. That is- no favors. Did himself no favors. No. Fuck, if this was John Wayne Gacy, that attic would have just been bodies, right? Cement. Yeah. Cement well, paved over true. them all and, or poured over it all. And So at this point, they took him from the house into the police station where he was questioned. They recorded the entire interview, both on video and audio tape. And the whole time, Ivan was uncooperative. He wouldn't answer anything. They only interviewed him for about an hour. And Ivan was charged with the robbery and attempted murder of Paul Onions. Back at his house, they continued to search. They found electrical tape, cable ties, and a bag of yellow and blue ropes that were similar to ones found at the crime scenes. After they did a more thorough search inside the in an, uh, inside a bedroom wardrobe they found another part of a ruger rifle that was found hidden inside a leather work boot more camping and cooking equipment was found in the kitchen which belonged to simone schmidl my goodness as police progressed more items were found a camera which was carolyn clark's and a water bottle which had a scratched area on it like it had been erased and later under uv light analysis the name Simi could be clearly seen, which is for Simone Schmidl. Like this guy left nothing. And it's all wow. like weird stuff. Yeah. Like why would you want to keep all this camping a stuff? Sure. Yeah. Tent. It's very odd. At the other locations, they found more evidence at the brother's houses, at his mother's house. They found tons of guns, ammunition, Nearly all the camping gear belonging to victims was found in the raids. Like between the three brothers, brothers' houses and his mother, they were pretty much able to piece together every bit of evidence. No kidding. In the house of his mother, police found a long curved cavalry sword, which was proved to be the sword that beheaded Anja Habsteed, which she was the last victim found at this point are we thinking the mom the girlfriend anyone's aware of it if maybe not are the you, mom i don't know it, it, the way that they kind of seem in my head is like they probably all just told their mom to shut the fuck up that's mm. what they kind of seem like to me mm. is she just sat back quietly while they all just did yeah. whatever they wanted right. maybe i don't know yeah i think i maybe i agree with that what about the girlfriend I'd say it's probably like a 50-50, maybe a little more than 50-50. Who was the the wife we always talk about? Was it Jerry Brudos' wife? (laughs) Yeah. That was just 
com- like completely ignorant to the fact that there was bodies hanging in her garage. Like the nipple mounted. Uh, yeah, the nipple. On the fireplace or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah, he told her it was a paperweight. She's like, paperweight. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Willful blindness, right? I guess so. That the John Wayne Gacy's wife, he had mm. bodies in the garage at times. He just told her like she wasn't allowed out there. That was his room. There's another case we'll get into later with a locked room that the guy's wife wasn't allowed, and that should be like red flag number one. Right. If there's a yeah. if there's a room in your house that you're not allowed in, <laughs> yeah, it's locked. <laughs> yeah. Might have a, like a slight decay smell coming from it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe go ahead and check that one out. Mm. Police also ran ballistic evidence on the fired bullet cases from the crime scenes and several of the bullets found at Ivan's house matched the Ruger 22 rifle that was found at his home. So Ivan Malat was charged with the murders of, of the seven backpackers and was set to stand trial. At a bail hearing several weeks later, Ivan dismissed his lawyer after being advised by his counsel to plead guilty. Incidentally, this was the same lawyer that won him an acquittal back in that 1971 rape trial. Maybe you should stick with that guy. Yeah, somehow that guy pulled off yeah, some crazy shit. Time. His trial started on March 26, 1996, and it lasted 15 weeks due to all the evidence that needed to be presented. In closing arguments, the prosecution told the jury how Ivan Malout was just completely arrogant and believing that he would just keep getting away with this stuff. He you know, got away with the attack on Paul Onions and the abduction and murder of seven people. He got away with that rape back in 1971. And they said it was his arrogance that just led him holding on to all the property belonging to these victims. He just felt like he was never going to get caught. The closing statements from the prosecution lasted for three days as they laid out everything that, uh, like every bit of evidence that showed that Ivan Millette was the killer. And nothing that was really explained by the defense. They really had no answers for any like, how do you come up with an answer for that? Yeah, when stuff? it's in your house, it's yeah. kind of tough to explain away. Someone put it there. I yeah. don't know. What are you, you going to do? <laughs> That's about all you got. The defense closed with telling the jury that obviously someone in the Millette family was responsible for the murders because the shit was there. There's no way to deny that. But it wasn't Ivan. He tried to explain away the evidence as a conspiracy against Ivan by his own brothers. He narrowed this down to suggesting that Ivan's brother Richard made comments about the murders to friends at work and may have been in the position to commit all eight crimes. Didn't say it was him for sure, just may have may been. May have been. Yeah. But it was proven that Richard was at work at the times of the crimes. And his lawyer ended with the statement, quote, Ivan Millette had been set up. I guess it's possible. I don't know. <laughs> Seems unlikely, though. <laughs> seems more likely that Ivan and Richard and maybe another brother were just all in on it. Yeah. I think that's very possible. After three days, the jury hadn't reached a verdict. So the Millette family made plans for a celebration dinner because they thought for sure Ivan was going to be found innocent. (laughs) Wow. That is crazy. Then on Saturday, July 27th, 1995, Ivan Millette was found guilty of each of the eight charges. What did they do with all that food they cooked for the celebration <laughs> party? <laughs> right. It's <laughs> a good, great dinner. Question. God damn. They probably had kegs upon kegs of Foster's. <laughs> That's all the shrimp on the Barbie too, right? <laughs> all of it. What do they do? You throw it away, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. 
It's making me hungry just thinking about all that. <laughs> Extra skipped, shrimp. I skipped dinner tonight too. So <laughs> the the court asked Ivan if he had anything to say, and he replied, "Quote: I'm not guilty of it. That's all I have to say." During, going, going down with the ship, isn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah. During sentencing, Ivan got six years for the attack on Paul Onions and a life sentence for each of the seven murders. Wow. No death penalty in Australia, Mike, in the legal brothels. Maybe you should consider moving there. You know, they might have gotten that one right. (laughs) If only they really existed and I could move there. (laughs) I think I might look into that. (laughs) Well, kudos to Australia for that. See, you love Australia here. Here at the Necronomicon I really show. am. A, I really am a big fan. I would love to go to Australia uh, one day. I would day. too. I yeah. think it'd be fantastic. Looks It'd like a gorgeous cool. continent. Just keep those big yeah. fucking spiders away from me. Well, keep all of your just big animals away. Like I don't even fucking Nate Diaz kangaroo coming and knocking my ass <laughs> out. And did you know that 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 actual kangaroo Ian had passed away? Really? Yeah. Somebody sent it to me and uh, hmm. said that they uh, he passed away a few years ago. I heard not some- though after breeding. So there's some <laughs> other fucking little maybe as kangaroos and training out there that are going to fucking murder that country, take it over. And I would be like, yeah, that's about right. I heard from some listeners and it almost seems like it depends on what part of Australia you live in. I heard from a couple of our, of our Australian listeners that right. Or I was about to say raccoons. Kangaroos are <laughs> kangaroos are pretty rare. Like they don't see them all the time. Hmm. Then I heard from a couple others that it's like deer for us. Like they just see them. I mean, I yeah, guess right. yeah. Uh, you're so, probably not going to see kangaroo jumping down the streets in the big cities. You know, just like you're not going to see many deer in New York City. But you get out, you know, in the suburbs a little bit, and they're going to be fucking yeah. all over. Somebody this week sent me a picture of a dead kangaroo that they saw. Aw. Fairly commonplace, I guess. Like got hit by a car, you mean? Or Yeah, something. I don't know. Or are they getting like poached? Like are they are they hunted? I don't know. I think you can go kangaroo. I dare hunting, someone right? to go hunt a kangaroo with your bare hands, <laughs> record it, and let's see what the fuck happens. I'm pretty sure like a full set like a large kangaroo could probably fucking kill you, right? Like it could fuck you up pretty good. I would think so. Yeah. I go back to that one photo. Yeah, I, mean, I am not getting anywhere close <laughs> to that fucking kid who's bowing up I, like in that picture. Yeah. Hell no. Yeah. I'm not touching that I'm thing. I'm good there. Yeah. But yeah. I, so I really do like Australia. I would love to go there one day. Yeah, it would be fun. Maybe we'll just pull a, a fast one on everybody. First live show, just be in Australia. Be great. Maybe we can have it in Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to have a can of beer with me when I went there. God. None of that Foster shit. It's Bush Lot for this guy. <laughs> Bush Light. <laughs> Oof. In the real tree pack, the real tree thirty pack. Like the uh, is that like the um the hunting yeah, the, the, uh, camo. Like the, the camo the yeah. camo with like the bright orange bush on it. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Be more fucking hillbilly, Bush. Be more hillbilly. Though I I bought Bush Light in college occasionally to have it. Back then, it was just scraping pennies together. One time in recent years, I bought a case of Bush because one like pack was going to have like a winning ticket to a Daytona 500. <laughs> and I was like, well, fuck, I got to try. It is some like of the, the most w- disgusting beer oh, I've ever God, had. Yeah. Like Natty Light is better than Bush, I think. Oh. Neither are great. But at least give me Natty Light because I feel like I'm just taking like beer flavored water. Mm-hmm. Bush Light just tastes like 
like you you kept a good not even a good you took like a miller high life and left it in the sun for four days <laughs> so that bush thing was like the the trashy version of Willy wonka and the chocolate factory <laughs> your ticket to yeah. uh, nascar <laughs> i want to get that beer I'm like i got a golden ticket <laughs> yeah no and i had a then i had a fucking lose and then choke down 24 bush <laughs> or bush like i can't remember if it was bush or bush like i would have poured it out and just looked at it like a lottery ticket purchase i would never, alcohol purchase. i would never do that <laughs> ever that case of bush was the worst four dollars and 99 cents i've ever spent <laughs> so they transferred ivan to a maximum security prison in maitland southwest of sydney after going through the processing shower and given his bedding, Ivan was waiting for a cell when he was brutally beaten by another inmate. Like, this guy was a lot bigger than Ivan and fucked him up real bad. Just beat his and, ass on the first And Ivan day. was a pretty jacked up dude, right? Mm-hmm. But was he, like, big? Like, was he was he just, like, six foot tall? Was he, like, six five? Do we even know? Or I don't know. It just had a guy that was a lot bigger a lot than bigger. him just beat <laughs> his ass before he even got to his cell. That'll happen, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, especially when you're right. Isn't that the thing when you're like a high profile person? Yeah, take it down. Well, you always usually hear it with like pedophiles, right? Like they're the ones that are always targeted yeah. by other criminals. That's what they say, yeah. But I don't know. Usually, I mean, this ho- one was still pretty brutal. Yeah, usually like a high profile person. I feel like that's a thing mm. when they come in. Somebody tries to fuck them up and make a name for themselves. Well, what the fuck? What was the one that that I didn't know? You guys mocked me. Oh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh. Like he was killed in prison, mm-hmm. high profile. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know. So yeah, it's if you got a name and there's a media story, because then, I mean, I don't know. If you're in prison, you, what else are you you're probably there do, for right? life? <laughs> Let's get my name back in the uh, media. Maybe yeah. I get a book deal out yeah. of this or something. Or you see it as like your way of like getting back in good graces. Like, oh, I know I'm bad, but this guy's worse. I'll take him out. Now I could feel better. Like yeah, I, yeah. I did something. I don't know. Yeah, that's just, an interesting way to look at it. Sure. Several months later. He attempted to escape, and this escape was masterminded by a guy named George Savas, who was a former city councilman who was serving time for drug trafficking. See, they're all fucking criminals. <laughs> Even the chief of police that like just got now he done ten years for something. Now he's chief of police. Like just the police in Australia are the people that have done lesser crimes right, than right. the general population. I was say, it's just a matter of how little crime you committed. Not have you, but how little did you do? These two were quickly caught, and no additional charges were brought onto Ivan, but Savas got more time, and he ended up hanging himself in his cell. Mm. So I see on your interview here, you only have four misdemeanors and <laughs> one felony. Congrats, you're a copper now. <laughs> that's that a lot a, of foam yeah. in that poor mic. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you guys want me to do about it? Whiskey, beer, tequila, more beer, more vodka, more whiskey, and more beer. And more foam. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Stone Cold would be disappointed in that point. Real disappointed. Did you ever see the uh, video? God, there's a lot of wrestling talk on this one. I don't give a shit. No one's gonna message me personally. <laughs> um, the uh, the video uh, where, where it shows like Stone Cold tossing a beer to Jericho and Jericho misses it, and it's like, and the caption's like, "When your father looks at you with that disappointing oh, face." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's one of my favorite ones. So media went to members of Ivan's family for interviews. Some of them refused. Others demanded money. They wanted paid for him. Richard Millette, the press asked him if he feared that he would be arrested in relation to the murders. And he replied, quote, not really. If they wanted me, they have me by now. Jesus, what the fuck does that mean? Right? I mean, uh, I think I guess they don't when know when I'm involved when you've been arrested so many times or, <laughs> you know, like you're just like, mm. oh, they would have gotten me. Imagine that mindset, though. Like, yeah. you're just so confident. It's like, I guess I got away with it. They would have picked me up. I know. His mom, she was shocked by the sentence. She thought for sure he was innocent, but she told reporters, quote, if he did these crimes, then he deserves to be punished. So at least she's got a good. Okay. Some other reporters tracked down Ivan's brother, Boris, to an undisclosed location where he was supposedly hiding from his family. When asked if he thought it, that Ivan was innocent, he answered, quote, all my brothers are capable of extreme violence given the right time and place individually. The things I can tell you are much worse than what Ivan's meant to have done. Everywhere he's worked, people have disappeared. I know where he's been. Goddamn, pal. The fact that he's in hiding from his own fucking family. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Boris himself asked the reporters if they thought Ivan was guilty, and they said, yeah. And then he said, quote, if Ivan's done these murders, I reckon he's done a hell of a lot more, probably about 28 it's a very specific number. It is very specific. <laughs> well, wasn't it actually eight was the number? Okay. Yeah, so he's could've... just adding 20 to it. That's true. Well, he did That's seven. I... He did seven murders. Seven. seven, I guess. But eight crimes with the uh, the onions one. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess. I don't know. That's just weird. There's definitely more to this story. I watched the 60 Minutes Australia piece on Interview with Boris. Which, number one, was weird because I thought there was only 30 minutes of a, in an hour in Australia. And I was surprised to see it's still called 60 <laughs> Minutes over there. So, I don't know. But he, uh, yeah, he absolutely thinks he's guilty. And he was relieved that he was dead. So he's like, well, spoiler rest- alert, Dave. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> okay. Guess I should have read the last three paragraphs of this. Uh, thing. I'm kidding. I knew. Sorry about that. I'm kidding. I knew. But yeah, he said the whole rest of the family still supports him to this day and would welcome him home with open arms. He's the Ivan. only one in the family that uh, believes he did it. Yeah. And that's probably why Boris is hiding, because all of those brothers would murder Boris. <laughs> yeah. Boris is on the outs with the family. There's always one in those families that seems to come out okay mm-hmm. in well, all these there, stories. There's got to be, at least. I mean, you you would think there's always just somebody that's going to get through. And He seems genuine. He was openly crying during the interview and stuff, so I don't know. Not in hiding anymore, I guess, Boris. Mm -hmm. Ivan was moved to solitary confinement after prison officers found a hacksaw blade hidden in his cell. And he just straight up told them that he would try to escape at every opportunity he was given. So they they just threw him in solitary confinement. Yikes. No one wants to fucking deal with that guy, you know? On January 26, 2009, Ivan cut off his little finger, like his pinky finger, with... A plastic knife, which I feel like that's really fucking hard to do. Ouch. Have you ever tried using a plastic knife like on a piece of steak? <laughs> it breaks snap. instantly. Yeah. How the fuck is this guy cutting through a bone? That's going to take a long time. Yeah. yeah. You're better off putting your finger in a door and shutting it on it a couple times first to loosen it up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Something. <laughs> fucking plastic knife. How is that? I don't even understand how that works. I don't know. Like every time I try to use plastic 
utensils. I end up snapping. Yeah. Uh, right. the and then you got to worry about right. each bite. You take shards of plastic getting in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's an ordeal. Well, his idea with this was that he was going to mail his finger to the high court of Australia to force them into giving him an appeal. Are they in Canberra? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they they basically told him to fuck himself like they didn't even acknowledge this. Get yeah. fucked, Yvonne. <laughs> I was say the, the quote, the exact quote was get fucked, asshole. <laughs> he was taken to the hospital under high security and was returned to prison the next day after doctors decided that surgery wasn't possible. Then they called him old Ivan Ninefingers after that. <laughs> <laughs> In 2011, Ivan went on a hunger strike because he wanted a PlayStation 2 in his solitary cell. Prison officers, again, basically told him to go fuck himself. If he didn't want to eat over getting a PlayStation, have fun. Starve to death if you want. And spoiler alert, he ended his hunger strike after I think it was five or six days, and he never got a PlayStation. So, Yeah. Good luck beating Twisted Metal 2 with only nine fingers, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Twisted Metal is probably my all-time favorite video game. Yeah. Good game. I used to yeah, love some Twisted Metal. My hunger strike would last like two hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't give in and give him a, a PlayStation. Well, he had to get that Foster's, right? His lunchtime just, Foster's. Well, that's his right. Yeah. That's true. They have to. Well, they'll give him, but if it's a strike, he'll just refuse it. Well, it's his. Uh, but but responsibility. You're, you're still going to be hungry. You're just drinking. It's true. It's a drink. It's nourishment, though. Yeah. It's hops and barley and all kinds of good stuff. I'm just saying, if I, if I'm going on a hunger strike, I'm still drinking. That's just me. Well, plus I think it's a misdemeanor for someone not to drink a Foster's during the day. No, you got to right. have at least one. Yeah, you got to have at least one. It's not only a right; it's a responsibility. <laughs> He didn't want to get an additional sentence tacked on his six life sentence. So got at least drink his foster. How many misdemeanors a day do you think the average Australian picks up? <laughs> We're really shitting on now, and we shouldn't be. We have so much fun at their expense. I feel like they look forward to us covering their topics, and this is what we do. And then this is what we do. We fucking barely cover it, and then we just shit on them as a people. I picture them just sitting in our room, sitting in their house, shaking their heads right now. Do they, have, do they have houses or do they live in tents over there? They have houses, God right? Goddamn. They have houses, Dave. They're built out of aluminum. Foster's aluminum cans. So they got the, that's why they're big round cans. They put them together and they cover more space. Okay. And that makes sense. Then you can like open it and string them out and that's like a roof. I mean, I don't know what they do over there. It's it's foreign country to me. <laughs> So in May 2019, Ivan was diagnosed with terminal throat cancer. On October 27th, 2019, Ivan Millet died from throat cancer and stomach cancer because it spread, and he was 74 years old. He still claimed his innocence and blamed his brothers for the murders, and he never gave family members closure. I was watching uh, some news reporting from that, and there was, uh, there was a good bit of family members that wanted him to just yeah. admit it. Tell us exactly what happened. We want to know. But he refused and died with all that information. I watched some of those interviews the cops had with him when they were pressing him on it in the days when he was, you know, close to his deathbed. And he's just like, nope, wasn't me. Yeah. Mm. Which is odd. Usually those, usually serial killers yeah. want that uh, notoriety and 
even to make up shit to get under people's skin or make mm-hmm. themselves seem more than they are. But. Well, so let's let's wrap that up then. Get into that. What do we think? I like, think his brothers were definitely involved. At least one of them. I, do you think I his agree. brothers were the ones running the show and then just made him take the? He may have been a part of it, but then he took the fall for it, and they're the ones storing all this shit at his house, making it so obvious that it's him. I kind of almost possible, lean towards sure. that. Like I think he might have been a part of it. They even had some at their house too, though. They all Ma's house, but yeah. then they all agreed. Okay, he's the fall guy. Let's put everything on him. Maybe. Yeah. Well, they had the they had the um the property that was twenty five miles away mm-hmm. from the forest. Yeah. And you brought up last week, Dave. Like it seemed like uh like the two bodies still smelled like if they were held somewhere. Right. 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 So I think that's after like five or six months they wouldn't have. Yeah. That I think that's a huge possibility that they held people at that property. Mm-hmm. Because yep. then it was shown, it was proven too that one of the guys that was murdered wasn't murdered at the scene. Mm-hmm. So I think it's highly likely. I think at least the three that own that property were probably involved. Yeah. I think it was probably Richard, Alex, and Ivan. Any word of what happened with Richard and Alex since? Have they passed away? Do we know what even came about them? I'm not sure. Obviously racking up misdemeanors, I'm sure, but. I saw an interview with Richard just when I was YouTubing around and stuff. It was, he didn't look very old, so, you know, yeah. it might not have been very recent, but uh, he maintained Ivan's innocence uh, also. Mm. I, mean, I think there's also a lot of widespread widespread speculation that there's a lot more bodies possible too somewhere. Yeah, I would assume that that's not, yeah. seven is not, you well, know. Well, like Boris said, maybe just 28 more or yeah. 28 altogether. Yeah, I don't think there'd be any reason Boris would lie. It's a pretty strong thing where he said my brothers are all capable of extreme violence. Well, and clearly mm. he got the fuck out of Dodge <laughs> yeah. and was like, this is this is not something I'm going to be a part of. And I guess they opened a bunch of, you know, missing persons and murders cases after this. And there was one where a bunch of women in the 70s were killed with a 22. And like he was working in the area at that time. So they were looking at him real hard on those. It was probably him. I mean, of course it was, right? You would think, yeah. yeah. Seemed to be his gun of choice. Mm-hmm. You think it sucks then if you're like one of the family of those victims from the 70s where it's like you're pretty sure you know who did it, but right. then you just never actually know yeah. and you never that's get tough. that justice. That, that's that got to be brutal. Yeah. I think I would be like one of the family members at the end of I've been saying I would want to know exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he even though he got a life sentence and all that stuff, the fact that he just wouldn't admit it till he died, it would really get under my skin. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because it's just like an arrogance thing. Yeah. yeah. That's just one more added cruelty there. Yeah. Even Ted Bundy admitted everything before he mm-hmm. was sentenced to death. Well documented on our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> exhaustive is the word I like to use. It was an, it was an exhaustive series. Probably the most we've ever done. It's well a done. Of, a lot well of hard done. work put into that one. Mm-hmm. Well done episode. All right. Well, we got anything else on uh, Ivan Millette? No, it, it was, was interesting. Hi- highly requested topic mm-hmm. by our Australian know. listeners. And then we just took the chance for two weeks to shit on them. And so we did that. <laughs> We're going to fucking go tongue there. in cheek, man. Tongue in cheek. Yeah. I didn't know anything about him really. No, I mean, other than the Wolf Creek thing. I didn't either. Yeah. I actually watched that again the other night. So good. Yeah. It's terrifying. All right. We got some uh, patron shout outs. Thank you very much to Molly Whitman. Daniel German, 
Jennifer Howell, Huron Sonsky, Summer, Adam Go, Lisa Villa, Bonnie S, Coco Denrell, Jackie Meadows, Eloise Evans, Allison Urban, Tyler Cardenas, Anna Yineman, Jennifer Kim, Puthy Lips, Amanda Rodriguez Hawk, Anna Welsh, and Michael Doodle. Thank you guys very much. We appreciate it. We are at patreon.com slash necronomapod. Mike, uh, did you say puthy lips? <laughs> puthy lips. Just clarifying. Thank yeah. you. It was like half Mike Tyson. I wanted that <laughs> puthy lips, but it was not. The, the name was puthy lips. Welcome aboard, puthy lips. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. I guess that's uh, that's a thing now. Puthy lips. <laughs> So, all right. Well, we appreciate it. Uh, that was a shorter Patreon list. Uh, we better step our game up. That was uh, not uh, not as long as usual. <laughs> Might have to gain some more for uh, for this month. Uh, Ian, what do you got? I only have one iTunes one tonight for Jess V. Thank you for the awesome review. It was a really nice one too. Said so she like the podcast she's always dreamed of. Oh, well, how about that? Talked about uh being glad that we haven't changed and bring in a lot of politics and stuff like that because when people get big they use that platform to mm. oh so you make us like fucking that. do jeffrey epstein next week <laughs> two weeks Goddamn pal <laughs> just drop that spoiler it's true i did <laughs> nice we'll see well, how we've, many people we've listen. already released it on uh for patrons mm-hmm. we'll oh. see how many people listen to the end of the episode though. yeah people chit chat Jeffrey Epstein never heard of that motherfucker. <laughs> That's someone who goes down with the ship is Bill Clinton. <laughs> well, I think we know that yeah. already. Anyways. All right. Well, maybe that's coming up soon. Maybe not. Maybe I just made that up. <laughs> um, but okay. Well, yeah, we don't really apologize for stuff. We try not to be overly offensive. And if we are, whatever, it's by accident. Yeah, of course. No malice. Of course not. It's all joking around, right? Yeah. And we and I, we haven't well, changed. Yeah. I don't think we've ever changed since we started. We're pretty much the same show. The same shit show we were back on day one is the same shit show we are now. We just have better quality board. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> literally it. that's literally it. A little bit better microphones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All thanks to the listeners for being patrons and, yeah. you know, supporting our sponsors and buying our merchandise and all that. Dave, you got anything else? No, I got nothing. That is it. All right. Swig of beer. Whiskey. Beer. Tequila. More beer. More vodka. More whiskey. And more beer. Pumps me up every time. (laughs) I got to go find that actual promo and listen to the whole thing. We are on Patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Our merchandise is Amazon.com. Search Necronomapod. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Reddit, Necronomapod. Go check that all out. You can go back and read Ian's AMA. That's all still, because it's all posted up there, right? Yeah, the first one is too, isn't it? It So it's it's almost just like a chat room, like forum type thing. And people can go back and click what other people have said in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to check like... Indefinitely, maybe if alien abducted fuckboy had a question like the next couple of days, will you be responding? Mm. I, I might take a look. We'll see. <laughs> wow, here we go. 
Maybe alien abducted fuckboy should start his own thread. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Maybe he will. Share your alien abduction stories here with me. Here's mine. Fuckboy spelled with an I. <laughs> well, is there any other way to spell fuckboy? <laughs> it was so ridiculous. Uh, I could have did F-U-C-C-C-B-O-I. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Um, all right, so we're on all the socials at Necronomapod, uh, YouTube, we said all that, Amazon.com, search Necro, and Patreon.com slash Necronomapod. That's Ivan Millette. Okay, see you next week. All right, you guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers.